just saying a couple of things the first of which is that this is going to be the only podcast for this week because for friday you have a documentary that you're going to watch um i may talk about the documentary a little bit next week um based on your reading reflections um so joel joel's here with me as usual hello hello um they're going to be watching that film cartel land cartel land that's the one that's set uh at the border with arizona right I think it's Arizona. It's definitely on the border. Yeah. And you see groups on both sides of the border. That's right. That's right. Some strong content in that. Some, yeah. <laughs> strong content. Joel recollects some scenes that grossed him out. So, But I gave you a warning in your syllabus that you should watch out for who's around. So Definitely. Definitely. Um, anyway, I think that was all I wanted to let you guys know. But like I said, this will be the only podcast this week. And then we'll be back broadcasting for you next week. Um, so this week we're talking again, we're still on drugs, we're finishing that unit up this week, though some of the stuff we'll talk about when we get into migration, we'll still touch on this, but uh, Joel's going to start us off. I'm starting us off. It looks like you had them read uh, Alma, Guillermo Prieto. I did, I did. Yikes. Uh, Guillermo Prieto describing the Cartagena Summit, which took place in 2012. Okay, so this is now a quote from... 
from the reading. No hemispheric meeting has ever strayed, all, strayed from the official U.S. line on drug combat. But for the first time, the leaders at the summit openly debated, although behind closed doors, whether the best way to stop the rolling disaster was an end to U.S.-sponsored and dictated war on drugs and at least partial legalization or regulation of the drug trade. 2012. Yeah, this was pretty revolutionary. Pretty revolutionary. Pretty revolutionary that you had Latin American leaders going against U.S. Right. Uh, policy. Right. Obama, president at the time, who was right. very well liked in the region. Right. Um, right. Who did not like this. Well, of course not. Sort of move. Of course not. A bunch of people organizing against a hegemon. I'd... He was notoriously silent through much of these discussions. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. I mean, what a complicated position for someone like an Obama, right? Or any. Absolutely. Right. Who, who if I'm not mistaken, presided over an order to the U.S. Department of Justice to reduce enforcement of, say, marijuana offenses. That may be true. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know Obama's drug policy super well. Right. So you might have all kinds of weird cross pressures, right, and where you could imagine not wanting to have international policy, you know, moving – I mean, certainly, certainly not, not too not quickly. A, and certainly at this point, still not a discussion about legalization. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Not a discussion no. at all about legalization. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nowhere close to legalization in the Obama regime. The other thing that's fascinating in this moment at this summit is that you have some weird bedfellows in this push for legalization. And it's not the usual suspects. Like, this isn't like a left wing. Like right. anti-U.S. Right. You know, thing you have like the Colombian president. Right. Uh, right you have this ex-general in Guatemala that presided over some genocide, um, who was also pushing. Um, What's the angle there? I mean, I, that that's a good question. Right. Um, What's I the mean, angle he there? He was eventually like imprisoned, I think, on drug related. I, I mean, I don't even know. Right. 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 That's one wonders. Thing. One wonders. But, but I mean, I think the fact that there was mad violence in Guatemala and mm -hmm. that the policies that were being weren't working. I mean, I think there was a and you have like the Costa Rican president at the time that's for this, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you have it's not this kind of you know, like, oh, it's an anti-American, you know, revolution, right? These are not necessarily countries that are against the right. United States or even the, against this is good a, relations, but against this sort of policy. This is a period when Central American violence is starting to pick up. Is that right? Well, and certainly it's the Mexican violence has picked right. up in this period, right. right? That starts really blowing 2007, up 2007, 2008. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, violence is is high. In the region now, from right from this. Um, okay, okay. You want me to keep going here? Go ahead. Keep All going. right. Uh, I assume this is from the same text. To a great many Latin American observers, legalization does not sound like an outrageous solution at all, given what is happening. What is happening on the ground? Fifty thousand people have been killed since the Mexican government launched an all-out anti-drug offensive five years ago. Whole areas along the U.S. border and southward are no longer under government control. Prisons, now full to bursting, have become operational centers for imprisoned drug chieftains throughout Latin America. Yeah, that's a big thing. Big thing, right? Now, that was a big thing when we were in Mexico, if I remember right. It, has, it remains a big thing. It remains thing. a big thing. Yeah. The, this part about prisons being organizing. Both overcrowded and uh, centers for right. gang operations. Right. Right. Interesting. You know, that's what they're saying about this COVID thing. I don't know if you read this article this morning about uh, the difference between Lombardy and Veneto in England. No, or, I'm sorry, in Italy, excuse me. But that uh, Veneto uh, had a lower hospitalizations and starting to wonder whether inc like intense hospitalization of COVID patients, like if hospitals are the major transmission center of COVID. Right. So they had less hospitalizations from COVID or pre-COVID? Fewer COVID hospitalizations. They restraint. They urged restraint on hospitalization for COVID patients. Oh, right. They they wanted people to stay home. Yes, only under dire circumstances. Right, right. Should you go to the hospital? Gotcha. So these places where you centralize all of this toxicity. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. Right. Is sure. a it's a dangerous proposition. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that one of the things that's so fascinating about thinking about politics of prisons um, is this feature. This is related to my other classes more so than it is to actually this class. But since we're talking about it, is this sense that a prison is a total institution, right? It's this institution Mm -hmm. where the state is in control of every aspect of the prisoner's Mm -hmm. life pretty close right it's as close as we can get to a total institution and yet we see time and again that these are actually recruiting centers and operating centers for right um anti-state groups in some cases these kind of illegal groups uh, that it ends up being this uh, space for that i think is kind of an interesting paradox great paradox Um, yeah great little irony right it's almost like the I mean, in a sense, this, the total control of the state in that moment, if I was going to really like theory, out on, theory out on this, you know, it's like it it can't help but but show and highlight how those the lack of control outside, right, that it amplifies in a way. Uh-huh. I mean, it's late here. Yeah. So, you <laughs> know, it's late. after 1030 it and we're, when yeah. we're recording this. So we, give me a break. Yeah, everybody. We we wait till everyone is, the birds and the child are sleeping till we record these. It sometimes means for late nights here. Yeah. Anyway, but there's lots of interesting stuff. If you guys ever take any of my other classes where we look a little more at these kind of things, where, I mean, that even happens in sort of countries where the prisons are more under control, and in these Latin American countries where sometimes there's such fusion between illegal and legal actors, the prisons really are sometimes actually run by the cartels right right opposed to the state right i mean you saw that through or with a lot of organized crime in the united states as well right, back sure. in the 70s and 80s yeah. um all right so there were no radical conclusions to the cartagena summit which wound up as argentina's cristina fernandez de kirchner left in a huff over the meeting's failure to come out with a statement about her country's right to the malvinas with only the <laughs> that's a weird I hope you're going to talk about that because you included it in this. <laughs> Quote, with only the U.S. and Canada dissenting, the other countries present reached unanimity at, le- at last in favor of Cuba's admission to the 2015 summit. And since they could not arrive at unanimous pronouncement on the drug issue, the presidents recommended that the OAS, a recognized burial ground for sweeping initiatives of any kind, study the problem. <laughs> I see. You're bringing it back to this. But what's up with this Malvinas and what's up with Kirchner and... Well, I think the reason I included all of this was partly to show one of the themes that we've been talking about a lot, right, is this sort of broad, overarching conversations and themes that get brought up in these okay. summits and, and just the ways in which which my students have noted time and again of, like, countries pushing their own particularistic interests, right, in these forums, right? So that like seemingly inconsequential interests for the, as far as the region is concerned. Like why would anyone Well, I mean, if you're thinking that this is a body that would defend sovereignty of state well, I mean, this is I guess not exactly under the OAS, the summit. It's because it's all heads of state. So it's okay. kind of like a it's like a G twenty, but yeah, for Latin guess, America. Kind of, yeah. Um Okay. Because this is all presidents hanging. Right. Talking. Getting right. mad. Playing right. a little soccer. Uh, Avo and the uh, Santa, who was it? Santos was the Colombian president. They played soccer, I think, football. Anyway, whatever. So that they're, But, yeah, you have these, like, very particularistic interests that Argentina's pissed off that no one ever cares that Britain has part of its territory, right? Right. You know? Um, and then you have But this, why not drop it? Right? I mean – just as a matter of, like, why not just, like, be like, well, I, I mean, why keep running on that? Like, what? what's the... It's an affront to their national dignity, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. not but... anything on those islands. It's like some sheep. Right. Oh, the Falklands. Yeah. The, the fal- Falklands. As I know them as the Falklands. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. <laughs> and they're still mad about that. Still mad. Hashtag still mad. mad. Okay. What do we say when we so that there's that part? The hashtag still mad. Falklands, Malvinas. Then we have the Cuba thing, right? Right. Admitting Cuba to the OAS, right? 
Which, I mean, Cuba still doesn't participate. They're like, right. screw you. Of course. We don't like you anyway. Um, but that you have this other vote in this moment that's against the U.S., against the US right? So the, the U.S. is right. not voting in this. And then on the drug issue, right, The this is our, I guess, our other sort of joke quote could be the, a thanks Obama. Right. Um, right, which is largely that the U.S. opposition to the drug stuff is what principally sinks it from right. doing anything more right. than sending it to sending the, it to the graveyard, the burial ground for sweeping initiatives. The OAS. The OAS. Let's give that to the OAS. Yeah. So I, I sort of wanted to, to bring it back and wrap it up with a little bit. I mean, that art, that piece has some other fun quotes, but mm-hmm. I thought those highlighted it. And then I think it's nice is because the other reading that the students did is the very report that comes out of this summit. Got you. Right? Got you. Um, okay. So the report, I was going to show it to you. Okay. Um, if you wanted. I would love to see um, it. I would love to see so it. so you could get a, get a glimpse of it here. I'll talk about You've it. You've got it in a PDF, I, I take of it. Of course, I have it in a PDF here. Got to pull it up. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Is there an executive summary? Uh, I'm going to read you some quotes, and you're going to read some quotes okay. from it. Okay. Um, but not but off thought- the iPad. No, I just thought you might like to get a look at the, you know, the, the in all of its glory. In all of its glory, it's called the I mean, drug the, problem in the, the Americas. The drug problem in the Americas, a 2013 OAS General Secretariat study. Yeah, so I thought I would let you scan through it. I mean, one of the things that I'll say a few things about it while you're just sort of glancing at it, seeing if anything strikes you, um, is a bit dry as these reports always are, right? So whereas the Guillermo Prieto is talking about burial yards and whatever and very journalistic and colorful, um, this is not, right? This is quite dry. Nonetheless, I actually think that there's quite a bit of interesting stuff in there. Um, The students read the chapters on cultivation, production, distribution, and sales. And then they also read the chapter on violence. They're all very short chapters. They're um, They're not too long. Um, and I'll mention one thing I found interesting, and then you can look at some of the quotes I, I pulled out for you to read, um, was just that uh, on page 30 of the report, um, one of the things that it mentioned was that, that coca production in the part, this was on the, the sort of early part on cultivation, um, that coca cultivation is occurs in these isolated areas with very low state presence, which you would expect, right? You would think, okay, obviously where you're going to have this illegal drug crops grown is going to be far from the state. But the report also notes that in addition to the coca cultivation that's happening in those kind of weak state, low state penetration zones, that you also in in these coca producing countries, especially I think in um, Peru and Bolivia, have coca just being grown along illicit crops, right? As sort of part next to towns, like in non- isolated areas so you both have the kind of production that you might have in your mind of these like isolated coca fields in the right you know high up in the mountains yeah Yeah. hidden from the state you know with no roads and whatnot which i think we've read some about things that look like that armed guards with ak-47 right but you might also have like somebody that actually has a farm that's growing coffee potatoes whatever right Right. that is also right growing i don't know if they grow cocaina um that's also growing the coca there. So I thought that was right. a kind of interesting thing to think about, the sort of fact that you have some of this. Um, yeah, it's infused through correct. the economy. Right. Right. Yeah. And the, and that also sort of showing in some of these cases, these strategies of eradication and sort of thinking about as we get into this report, we see a lot and start thinking a lot about corruption and the way that that plays a role. But right where you're just having like on the outside of town, like it'd be like you'd walk around Mm -hmm. someone's farm and you'd be like, here's the tomatoes and here's the carrots and Mm -hmm. here's Mm -hmm. the cocoa. Right? I mean, there's like it seemed in in a certain regard, at least in the way it's described in the report, which is not much detail, but um that you're looking at something that's not being heavily disguised in some instances. Right, right. Okay. Now, this is about manufacturing. This is away from, one I've got is away from coca and yeah, I thought more. This, I thought we had read quite a bit about coca and it's sort of. And this is about meth. I thought I'd pick some meth for yeah, us Of course, here. of course. 
So this is for uh, amphetamine-type stimulants. Manufacturing is a globalized business. Most ephedrine shipped to Mexico is supplied by sources in China, the Czech Republic, Switzerland, Thailand, India, Bangladesh, and the United States. Authorities still consider Guatemala to be an important transit point for pseudoephedrine shipments coming from India and Bangladesh en route to Mexico. So that's pages 40 and 41. And here's another meth fact. In 2009, the methamphetamine supply increased on U.S. streets and was sold at lower prices as Mexican cartels began to manufacture the drug with less strictly controlled precursors, such as phenylacetic acid, often used as a fragrance or flavoring in food. Crazy. How about that? So they're getting Sudafed from around the world. Correct. Mixing it with stuff that you would use to make perfume. Apparently. And making meth. Correct. Crazy. Yeah, and I thought this one was interesting because unlike the, right, with the coca, you know, the the leaf is only grown, right, in these, you know, few Andean countries. So, like, the production all centers there, whereas this is really so globalized, right, right when we're thinking about it. And coming from countries that and right, for Switzerland is in that right? list, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is not just... Right, Czech Republic, China. Right. So that you have this. Thailand, India, Bang- Bangladesh is probably the lowest capacity. Bangladesh and Thailand would be the lowest capacity states there. But everywhere else, you know. So I thought that was a kind of interesting. I mean, you got so two can... EU countries. I assume Czech Republic is in the EU. Maybe not. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you have this kind of interesting. I thought that was a fun one in that it's very different, right, than the sort of story that we've been looking at with uh, the coca. Yeah, and I mean, part of the problem is like, well, you just have to stop allowing people to produce this garbage. And not the methamphetamine, but like the garbage precursors to it, right? I mean, like, the way to, like, you can't solve the meth production problem. You can't solve meth without solving, like, Sudafed, right? Like, you just have to get rid of Sudafed. I think, thank you. But I mean, they like, I mean, one of the things that's sort of crazy that this talks about a little bit, and I think in that, um, the Narconomics book that mm-hmm. they read, we mm-hmm. read sort of, and you got to see part of for, for last week, also has some chapters about these like synthetic drug making. Right. Where it's right. like people take whatever garbage. So I think the idea right. that you could ban, right. and like they're making all these things that aren't technically illegal because they right. haven't been made yet. So right. Bath not, salts. Right. I mean, right, basically. This is your kind of constantly evolving bath salt. Do they even, I bet we don't even talk about bath salts anymore. I don't that know. was like a weird flash in the pan. Do you guys but, still talk about bath salts? I don't know. What's your yeah. Weird chime in in the forums street. or wherever. Yeah. yeah, it was a mixed. Um, there was mixed answers to your question about whether people were surprised that uh, drug cartels were like a multinational business. Oh, did and I ask actually, that question? A lot of the people that were like, "Yeah, obviously it is," were people that watched a lot of television shows about right drugs, right. right? Um. So, yeah, it was a mix. Some people were had never thought about it in that way, right? I got I mean, you. you know, I got sort you. Of like, okay, okay. Had probably not thought too much about it previously. So, yeah, I got a mixed uh, Good. set of responses on that. Good. This one seems to me, though, I want to go back to this thing. I mean, we just got to get rid of... We just, All chemicals? <laughs> just kombucha. Just kombucha. Nothing but kombucha, nothing, right? Only natural stuff. Only natural Wheatgrass. Things. I mean, basically what we need to do is to get doctors to start teaching nutrition instead of <laughs> pharmaceutical addiction, right? I mean, that's what we're... There was, I think, also some stuff That's a joke, about just the, to be clear. Just about, to be clear. About uh, the opioid kind of prescription drug abuse also got mentioned in this report. I mean, these are global problems, right? I mean, you're talking about the global regulation of chemicals that could potentially be used to manufacture illicit drugs. And it's like, well, you're not going to stop that. And so then I guess the alternative is to just like blow the whole thing wide open. Well, I mean, that was this the sort of where we started, right, with this idea of like these Latin American countries. Yeah. Like, we have to legalize all but, this stuff, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I get that. But, you know, when I think about this, right, it's like, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but I think it's only because I've been cooped up, right? So, like, this is – just take this for what it's worth. But it's like, okay, so we completely – this is an analog, and it, it may have nothing – it may not really be a fair comparison. But it's like we blow up with the internet. We just, like, blow up information, 
right? Instead of trying to regulate what can be said, we're like, sure, just let it all hang out, right? And then you're always six videos. You're like six recommendations away from some anti-Semitic tirade on YouTube. You know what I mean? Okay, I do know what you mean. And so, like, where I'm going with this is, like, blowing the whole thing wide open. I guess I'm starting to feel like... You're a weird guy, Ace! Weird guy! Like, it's just going to cause, like, a massive explosion of drug use and of, like, wicked, dangerous drugs, right? Well, I think that there... So this is an interesting... I think this is an interesting one. And, I mean, I think reasonable people on both sides of the political spectrum, right, whether whoever you're, you know, sort of voting for. It's okay if you're You're a weird guy, Ace. Weird guy. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) It's no big deal. Uh, This is what happens when you make a podcast at 11 p.m. No, but I think, think though, that this issue actually – crosses that i mean maybe it's hardened a little bit into sort of like right the, the right, right no, tends true. to be law and order it's true but i mean i think reasonable no, it's true. people reasonable can disagree people. And i mean one of the things that i i've been sort of saying in some of the forums and that i don't know if i gave you any quotes about but i mean the other problem i mean i think legalization does make a lot of sense right for the latin american countries in particular Absolutely. right i mean like their problem is massive amounts of violence that like it's going to be nearly impossible to stop without some kind of regulation, right? right. A different sort of approach to this problem. It's hard to imagine that it could be solved in a different way, right? Right. Um, That said, where do you draw the line, right? I mean, like, also these criminal organizations are involved in, like, human trafficking of women and children, organs, right? It's like, what, are you going to legalize organ trafficking? You know, trafficking of young children like i mean no right these things aren't going to be legalized and so i mean i guess the idea here right the idea with all of this legalization and i don't know we're not far enough along in the u.s to to know whether these ideas actually hold true but like the idea is i guess if i thought about this that that if you pursue a strategy of legalization you would ultimately like people who are going like People who are going to traffic organs mm-hmm. and traffic children who like have who, – who are – I mean that's awful. Yeah. Right? Are not really going to survive in a market where – that prioritizes and privileges a kind of ability to play a more straight game. Right. Right? Like that if you can't – like if you're someone who's like, yeah, maybe I'm going to traffic like uh, – pedophile like children for pedophile purposes like you're just not going to be able to play in the same swim in the same pond as other right and i guess what the hope is is right if you cut off the money from drugs right if you separate that out like i mean i think it's an open question right does that part that's like the gross the nastiest right the like most nasty of like right this kind of horrible things is it basically then become so sidelined that they no longer have the money and the networks and the like, right? Is it that the infrastructure then is more chipped away at because a huge chunk of that criminal sector goes clean, right? Goes right. legal. Right. And it actually saps some of that stuff. Or does that stuff get all the nastier because now they don't have drug money, right? Right. And I, I don't think, an open question. I don't think we know. And so, I mean, I think that there are reasonable concerns right about these like what does this kind right. of strategy of right i mean it know. just requires a lot more knowledge of what's going on i mean i think that this is a part where i mean so you've got a difficult problem of coordination among these states Certainly. right so like actually coordinating for a more um detailed a more concrete, a more systematic solution beyond just like blow the whole thing wide open is going to be challenging. Right? Well, like, I mean, I guess. So one of my students um, was saying, and I thought this is actually smart, right? Cause so the, the state needs their tax revenue. Right. One of the problems is that the states are weak. And so their primary so that, interest is taxation. Well, no, I mean, I think they want to stop violence. Okay. But I think tax revenue would be a good outcome, right? So you legalize it, you tax it. Whatever. It's a bonus. 
They're just being justly rewarded for ending the violence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But one of my students was saying something that along the lines of, and I'm, I'm probably taking liberties with, with what they were saying, but is is like, okay, well, if these groups are so powerful now, I mean, sh- and these states are so weak, they should surely be able to evade the taxes, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I like that. Right? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think that there is this sense here of that w- sort of what you're getting at is like, okay, you have all these weak states and they're going to try to make this thing regulated, but like how much regulation is It's going to be rapidly gonna... financialized and right. like suddenly yeah. it's going to be untaxable. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, though I could also see it going in the other way that I think you might have even mentioned when we were talking before, you know, of this sort of where, you know, those people become frozen out. And again, then does it push them into like what we're talking about now, like the nastier side just, of you, you know, just don't know in part because you don't because the states and i mean we don't and but the states themselves probably don't fully understand the networks that are uh, that are moving this type of Certainly. material yeah right one of my, so you well, don't know whether whether the 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 traffickers still retain the capacity to move their human cargo absent the drug networks. Exactly. That's what I was sort of saying. Like, is this what happens to those kind of networks and whatnot? We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know whether... One of my students was like, well, is there... Referring to something else that was in one of the texts that I think it was from the Narconomics, but it was like, you know, do the the different cartels like sabotage... And steal from each other. And it's like, you know, there's not much on that, we right? We don't really we know. don't really know. Like, one would imagine, but what makes the news is the killings, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, like, surely if one cartel steals product from the other cartel, like, how is that going to make the news? And so some of these, right. like, this is, again, how opaque those networks are. Like, right. Yeah, there's, like, a fair amount of knowledge, but certainly not. And the way that's and... done, the way that's done in our in our popular culture, right? You have the the figure of like the stick up yeah. squad, Omar and the Omar and the Wire, right? Right? That where you're not really like that person's a mercenary, right? And who knows? I mean, we just don't know, right? We just don't know. All right, uh, moving down the chain of like drugs, cannabis. We've gone from cocaine. To meth to cannabis, I think that's down. Although I don't know. I think this is there's something interesting. I put this for a reason. All right, though. cannabis is produced in nearly every country in the world and therefore grown mostly for domestic or nearby markets. Fascinating, because of its multiple diversified sources, both domestic and international, cannabis does not have a single distribution network or fixed. Ge- Everybody's doing it. Fixed geographic source. It's just like the, well, and the isn't great it fascinating equalizer. That this is the one that we legalize. <coughs> right. I mean, we what do you could- mean? Well, like, Why is that fascinating? Okay, so, I mean, we can make an argument that this is, like, a public health reason, right? That, like, okay, well, cannabis is not that different than alcohol. Like, it's not so addictive like cocaine. Or we, we, we can make these arguments, which is the ones that I sort of, I think, always had thought about when I thought about people making arguments for legalization, right? It had to very much to do about this, like, where you're, like, moving down the chain, right? You're like, oh, this is, like, a minor drug, right? You know, sort of this right. sense in that way. Right. But it actually struck me when I was reading this in the context of all this other stuff of, like, isn't it interesting that what we're legalizing is the stuff we all make at home? Right. But doesn't that doesn't that make – this makes sense to me because everyone gets a piece of the revenue, right? Like, it's not – there's no resource conflict, right? If you legalize cocaine, right, this global phenomenon – where do you tax? Who do you tax? Like, do you tax at the do you do, do you use sales tax and then the U.S. gets all the revenue? The U.S. would probably love that, right? Or do you do like a value added tax and like fucking the distribution? I mean, who do you tax? Whereas you legalize pot and every country just taxes their own product. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense that we would legalize it Absolutely, because everyone could I agree. Hadn't, I hadn't thought about right. it. In this I never thought about it that right way. Way of like that. This is like one of the few drugs that doesn't have this kind of complex distributional right, right. you know right it's path, it's very easy right. to, for for it to be legible right and then like, like if a, we have if we have pot that's not us grown pot it's grown in mexico right it's like a much shorter kind of like right. it's not this like many pronged you know 
I don't know. It was interesting. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. But mm-hmm. especially this idea that most of it is probably local, right, or national that we're sort of actually, right. you know. We're but growing. I bet it's a pretty hyper-local thing. Well, that's what this suggests, right, that it's, like, actually hyper-local. I mean, this is your, you know, artisanal, you know, whatever. That Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. All right. Uh, in addition to the territorial displacement of the organization, state interventions may also result in a diversification of criminal activity to new crimes. That is already happening in several countries in the region in which following the fragmentation of the large, or large organizations, groups emerge with less power and fewer resources, finding themselves incapable of conducting activities related to international drug trafficking. These organizations use their resources and knowledge of violence to commit other types of crimes such as kidnapping, extortion, and vehicle theft. So this is what we were saying earlier. Yeah, but this the seems like – but they're really driven yeah. by the, – they're driven into that by essentially inadequate enforcement? No, it's that – it's that you have that problem where, okay, when – essentially because these drug the actual drug trafficking organizations have to be relatively complex and have high level linkages and right that this is like a hard process that when you splinter those groups okay some of those groups may retain those networks and be able to maintain that drug trafficking right but then you get these like other groups that now are fallen off that can't actually play break up the gang parts of the gang can't get back in that drug game. Well, you break up the like cartel. You break up the cartel. Yeah. Okay. And they can't they can't really play internationally, right? Now that gotcha. they've like splintered. And so then what do they do to make revenue? Right. Is that you know, now they're like this is I feel like this is a, the flip side or the a different side of that like okay, the one I was giving you with the organ and stuff, that's right. like also those high Right. Coordination networks, right? Right. Those are also very complicated, high. You would have to have linkages and, right, to get this sort of – this is like the low-level side of that, right? Which is like now you're just like extorting bus drivers like was talked about in the Narconomics reading, you know, this kind of – I think that was talked about in the Narconomics reading. Right. It's Some of this is overlap with my other class, so now I'm like, which was in what class? Anyway, whatever. So you have this more low-level kind of – um, splinters into more societal crime almost, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to this kind of international crime, right? And that that has to do with when you so that has to do with so you bust up like maybe there's like one person who ends up going to jail, and that person was an important intermediary for the organization to other kinds, and so then this group, this what it it happened a lot in response to what we termed the kingpin strategy. Yes, okay. Right, Makes so sense. that you would yes. t- they were that there was this initial thinking that like Tony Soprano the, goes to jail and suddenly Polly Walnuts is just <laughs> extorting you, that fucking guy that's cutting trees or whatever. Well, sort right? of, but it was like the idea was like if you take that's out the Sopranos kingpin, terms. if you take out the head of the organization that like then the organization would somehow collapse. Like why we thought that was the case is unclear, but we did. Um but then right. what that's happened. an interesting question, why we would have thought that's the case. That's a really good question. Yeah, because it seems sort of clear that it shouldn't be the case. But maybe, I don't know. I don't but know if it seems case. clear that it shouldn't be the case. It's I mean, an clearly interesting it question. Didn't. They, we, we a great research project of like where that kingdom that, strategy yeah. came from. I'm sure it has some, I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be fascinating. I don't know. But anyway, what happened in those Strauss's cases fault. a lot of t- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, They're all Straussians, too. <laughs> what? Just kidding. What? <laughs> She'll be a little sassy tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, what came out of this strategy it actually was that like then you ended up with like succession crises and whatever. Right. I mean, which I guess when right. I think about whoever's idea this was, it's sort of funny because I've also been reading a lot of fourth grade uh, social studies this past couple weeks and like I feel like the whole story I've been reading about the collapse of the Mali Empire and like it's all and then the collapse of I forget which the 
other empire I was reading about? Ghana. 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 Maybe the Songhai. That was uh, Mali. Mali. That was before Mali, though. That Mali conquered them. Anyway, whatever. But there was like all these stories about how it's like the emperor dies, and then there's like a succession crisis. The king is dead. Long live the king. Falls, the interregnum. <laughs> everything falls apart, yeah. right? I mean, it's like we seem to have some historical examples going way back. Many, 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 many. Would be not the greatest strategy. Yeah, I mean, just Machiavelli. I mean, I just think Machiavelli. Anyone who took one seventeen with me. All right, uh, this is my last one. Is that right? Yeah. That I'm on to my last one. I didn't even think we were going to get through all these. Uh, here's a quote from page fifty five. These huge profits also represent huge volumes of cash, obviously, which trigger additional serious problems in our region, albeit once again mainly in the producing and transit countries by feeding two forms of corruption. One is corruption of individuals, public or private employees, who end up as facilitators or operators at some point in this economic process. The other is the corruption of institutions, particularly financial institutions, which become increasingly entangled in activities seeking to launder that money. And they put launder in quotes, that's cute. Thereby establishing dangerous linkages between legal and illegal spheres. Yes, just like all of those apartments in Mexico when mm-hmm. we lived there, right? Like all yep. of those apartments in our neighborhood in Mexico where uh, it was like they were totally vacant, yep. right? And the so I mean, whether it was true or not, right? Yeah, like, all, the, all the gossip, all the was, gossip was, was that it was laundering drug money. But, you know, I mean, anyone from New York City, right? I mean, like, obvi- I mean, this is Donald Trump, right? And all of this commercial real estate is just laundering money, right? I mean, I don't, I, don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know. People are saying that. Yeah. People are saying. I mean, real estate is a good. That place our president's to a mobbed up, you know. <laughs> you gotta get you out, man. <laughs> get me out of here. Get me out. Of, well, you know, it's a long quarantine. It's a long quarantine. <laughs> I haven't had a face-to-face conversation with anyone outside my household in three weeks now. Yeah, other than like. Those do not count. The cashier doesn't count. The guy at the body shop doesn't count. Doesn't really count. So I'm losing my marbles a little bit. (laughs) Losing my marbles. You're a weird guy, Ace. Weird guy. Well, it's not. They're they're my students. I'm not exactly. And I'm not as a professor. (laughs) I'm just a student in the class. But, I mean, this is an interesting problem, this uh, the just giant pool of money. Yeah. Right, that like you have to do something with it, well, and, and you mean, can't. You there's a certain limit to how much you can just bribe public officials. That at a certain point you can't just be like dropping off bags of cash. Right, right, right. So you have yeah. to do something else with it. Right, and what else are you going to do with it? Well, and I think that this is like comes up, and I mean, I, I've said this. I don't know if in the podcast or just in my comments to students. Right, I mean, like we see the sort of none of this can happen without the corruption all over the place. Right. And so that there have to be, or if not corrupt, I mean, sometimes it's not corruption, right? I mean, it, it, I mean, complicity, or, whatever. That there's, yeah. like this, so that this tying of the legal and illegal is happening. Yes. Yeah, it's happening in the U.S. It's happening in Latin American countries. It's happening, right? That this stuff, like, none of it works without some linkages to right. the legal, right? The you know, right? Um. And I, I think that that's another kind of interesting piece of this. And that, like, so, like, uh, we were in Panama two summers ago, right? Yeah. Like, again, another place where it's just, like, Lots of loads of money laundering yeah. into real estate enterprises. Yeah. Where also there's a Trump Tower. There, just, there was just a, saying. There was just saying there's a Trump Tower there. It's pretty crazy looking. You it was Ivanka Trump's it. baby. Yeah, it was, it's pretty weird. Pretty wild building. It got Pretty. like there was a whole bunch of scandals around it too. It was fascinating. You can look it up. You can look it up. The building is interesting. We were there, but but it's interesting to me, right? Because it's like there's a certain point at which I mean I think that this is the problem with all of it, right? I, and I'm just I know I'm on a tear tonight, but like but like we just don't care as long as money's flowing, right? Like Panama right. is like this global commercial transit point between the east. All of the cheaply manufactured goods in the East and Western markets. And no one gives a fuck what happens there as long as those fucking ships just keep going through the canal and we can get our cheap shit. Like, that's it, right? And, like, we're willing to put up with everything else so long as we keep that cheap shit coming through, right? I think that actually separates it even more than – I mean – Separates what? The we. 
the we. Yeah, like, I mean, this is, you know, global bankers or whoever are still making money off of this, some of these illicit yeah. right, investments. And so it's as though that, like, the we in the U.S. is, like, somehow clean and legal and then, like, we're willing right. to look yeah, no, the no, other no, way. No, 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 but, right, I think no, I'm not saying we. Far more... I, I'm sorry, I'm not saying we're clean at all. Yeah, well, I think it's more tied up, right? That's all I was saying. If right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what I, I I'm sorry. Maybe I should re, I should clear that up. Is that like people are willing to turn a blind eye to wherever wherever they can make a little bit on the like wherever they can make money. People are willing to turn a blind eye to how they can make or save money. Right. Like no one cares as long as as long as they're making they're bringing more money in than they're spending. We're like great, great. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Ah, it's infuriating. <laughs> Honestly, it's infuriating. Well, I mean, whatever. We order stuff from Amazon. And, of course. You know, we're doing that on the micro scale, right, of like, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In our retirement accounts. Yeah, who knows? I mean, thank God that we have them, right? Yeah. Huge privilege. But also... I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, this is where it's just like once you, I mean, I can't believe I'm, I mean, whatever, right? But like once you throw it into the financial sphere, right? Like that's a big pot of money. And like no one can keep track of where all that money is coming from. Yeah, now we've gotten pretty far away from the uh, drug. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone to the, for the money laundering. Well, the money laundering got me started there, yeah. but that's—I mean, what I'm saying is—isn't it all money laundering? I guess this is what right, happens right. when I'm yes. in when yeah. I'm in when I'm cooped up for so long. Yeah. I start to think, you isn't it all just money laundering? Yeah, I become paranoid because the only thing I think about is like <laughs> just my own thoughts. Like I think I'm like wicked paranoid. <laughs> like here I am. It's just me all the time. Well, there it is. Thank you for sharing <laughs> me all the time. <laughs> All right. The Crazy Town Podcast. Crazy Town Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on these, uh, these things. Yeah, you can trade your pendejadas for mine. <laughs> All right. Be well, everyone. We'll talk next week. Thank you.